It's bonus pod 193. You arrive at the International Wine Tasting Championships in Burgundy, France. You can't believe you made it. You've been studying for so long. It's so exciting. It's been really difficult. It's been really challenging. All the training and the preparation and the study. But you're here at the most prestigious wine tasting competition in the world. And it's all been leading up to this. There you are. There are all the other teams from the other countries. There's, there's France, there's England, the United States, Zimbabwe, of course, now into, was it, must be their fourth, fifth year, something. Very exciting. Um, there's Japan, there's um, uh, uh, Sweden, and you are representing your country, um, Pod, Pod, Bud, Pod, Pod, Budzia, Pod, Budzia. And you you shake hands with the judges uh, welcome welcome to the competition they they say and you think oh thank you, thank you and you sit down and and they go welcome ladies and gentlemen to the competition the wine tasting competition uh we will begin now and they bring you your first wine and it's a white wine they lay it down and you pick it up and you, oh yes, you bend, you, you sort of lean it over, you have a look at the color, and you, mm, you give it a little sniff, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah very, it's crisp, it feels fresh, and it's probably new, um, yeah, it's lovely. Take a sip, oh yes, oh I think it's a dry riesling, maybe mm, uh, from, oh I think maybe it's actually oh, German actually, oh yeah, then you write it down, just yeah, great, and then and your second wine, and they bring in another white wine, and you go, oh, okay, this one's got a bit more of a, a sort of barnyard smell to it. Um, it actually tastes more like a natural wine. I wouldn't have thought they'd include natural wines in in a sort of traditional wine tasting competition. Maybe they're branching out. Okay, okay. So maybe I'll say this is a, a low intervention kind of barnyard. Okay, this is a bit pongy actually. And then, and then bring you the third wine. Uh, okay, well this one's actually getting really barnyardy. This one's really starting to smell like a sort of a cow pats and farm and grass. Oh, this was actually mm, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, it tastes alright. Um, another natural wine. And then they bring you. Uh, the first red wine and you go oh wow this is getting strong now this is just this is very barnyardy this is really actually it's quite sort of ammonia and oh god this is actually quite unpleasant it's thick oh it's kind of bitter uh oh gosh um maybe uh oh maybe like a very obscure natural zinfandel from California, but like made in a garage. This is I don't like this at all. And they bring the fifth wine. There's another red, and this one is thick, and it's quite like it's like maroon colored, and oh, and this one just smells of pure. This one smells like like a fart. To be honest, this smells like a bad. And you go, Jesus! And you look up at the the French guy. He's got like his fancy pins, and he's like, "Is there a problem?" And you go, "What? Um, this is." Sorry, is this wine? And he goes, "This is a wine tasting championship, is it not?" And you go, I, I, "Yeah, I guess." But this one, I mean, this smells very. Is there fault in it? Is it okay? Is it corked? And you raise it up to him, and he gives it a sniff, and go, and he and the guy's like, oh, like you can see he's retching, and like he holds back a puke in his mouth, and and he he swallows it back up, and then he goes, "No, that is correct." <laughs> And you're like, oh, okay. And and you, oh, God, and you put down this natural Zinfandel. 
And then the final wine comes and it's just a shit in a glass. It's just shit. It's just a single solid shit in a big wine glass. And you go, uh, uh, what? I, <laughs> um, okay, this is, it's not really funny. This is kind of an important... But then you look around and everyone's got a piece of shit in a big wine glass. <laughs> the, the, the Swedes are there, like, swirling it around. And they're like, hmm, and they're giving a think. And they're looking up and, and they're conferring with each other. Yes, this shit is poopy, poopy, poopy. And you go, what? And you look over at Japan and they're like looking at it. They're looking, peering into shit and they're tasting a bit. And they're like, mm. and they're like writing notes down. And you think, what are they writing down? It's a piece of shit in a glass. What's going on? This is insane. And you stand up and you go, no, sorry. It's everyone gone mad. This is a shit in a glass. What's happened? This is meant to be the most prestigious wine tasting competition in the world, and we're we're taking we're writing down notes about a shit in a glass. This is an insult. This is not right. And then, from the back of the room, two figures who've just been sat at a big table with hoods over their heads, obscuring their faces. They get up, the chairs push back really loudly as they get up, and the whole the whole room is silent as they watch these two figures walk down the aisle towards the pod bud. Clim, clom, clim, clom, clim, clom, clim, clom. And one, one, and, and one, one of them says, is there a problem with the final wine? And you go, is there a problem? It's a shit in a glass, mate. What are you talking? What is this? What is this? This, this is like a hate crime. This should be illegal. This is not safe. It could make people sick. And then the other figure goes, what year? <laughs> and you go, what? And the figure goes, what year is it? What? Who is the producer? What region is it from? And you go, what are you talking about? And then, we, and then both figures pull down their hoods. And it's me and Pierre. <laughs> And and I say, I, I we're both really angry. And I say, amateur. <laughs> it's clearly a 2019. Pierre goes, region, England. And I go, producer. And then Pierre lifts his finger up, points at me angrily. And I say, producer's me. <laughs> producer's me. And then you look over at Japan and they're lifting up, they're gleefully lifting up their sheet of paper and they've got it all correct. 2019, producer Phil, region London, England. And you and you crash out of the World Wine Tasting <laughs> Championships and you're banned from France. They tear up your passport. You can never enter France again. And every time you go into, word is spread in the wine community. In the wine community, word is spread. <laughs> and, and every time you go into a wine shop, they spit at your feet and they say, Get out! Welcome to bonus part. Nice, very good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Very nice, producer. Me. <laughs> also, oh, a really horrible image oh, to man. like a log of shit in a wine glass and loads of people hushed. Yeah. Poopy, 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 poopy. <laughs> really, really gross. God's sake. <laughs> God's sake, I'm 32 years old. I'm 32 years old. And I'm making jokes that I would have made at nine. This is not right. This is not right. But 
at least at least i got to really flex some some uh, i mean all that setting was just based off when i watched um blind ambition yeah so i just needed to down i just needed to sort of download all that that imagery so i want you to know the setting was very well researched even if the story was embarrassing for a man with an engineering degree to tell (laughs) that's the best kind of story (laughs) any story an engineer finds Uh, embarrassing is a good one Uh, gosh well that's that's the story for this week enjoy i guess (laughs) i hope you're happy now here's a controversial view that you espoused to me last night which is not controversial in the normal way but i think people will find it controversial Mm. you prefer black olives to green olives oh yes we actually we pierre and i were at um a fun little party last night and behind the bar they had a big old jar of green olives and pierre said but, quite provocatively I, not little oh, green yeah. olives they're big fat greek ones big big boys and they're pitted as well so we're ready to just throw yeah. in there um and pierre said i could eat a, that whole jar in one yeah. sitting and i said oh yeah nice I said I said um, I could eat like the, I said I could eat that whole jar in one sitting and then I did loads of like arm flexes. <laughs> yeah, like Gaston. Yeah. He'd throw them in his mouth like eggs. Yeah. Like Gaston throws and eggs I, in his I mouth. I knocked loads of other people's drinks at the bar while I was doing it. <laughs> playing smash, playing I would I would flex my biceps right. and then point at the jar and then flex again and then <laughs> just continuously say the phrase one sitting. <laughs> And everyone did like a little clap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then I bowed, and then you said, (laughs) and I said, I think I actually prefer the black olives. Yeah. And then everyone went and returned to the conversations, leaving just me and Pierre to hash it out. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not an entire and 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 then and Pierre thought, well, this is a good convers. This is a good debate to have on the pod. This will this will this will. This will divide people, yeah. and I think it definitely will. Are you a green olive person? Are you a black olive person? Personally, I think green olives—they're fine. They serve their purpose. Um, I'm not going to kick one out of bed, but the black olives just have a little, a little more character, a little more depth. I like that they're a little stickier. You know, they're a little more floppy. The greens can be a little pert, a little <laughs> um, tangy. A little tangy, a little uh, uninviting, a little inhospitable. Whereas the black olives, they kind of melt in your mouth. They're kind of, you know, they're they're kind of soya saucy. They're they're rich. They're deep. I think this might be something like, you know, you know that there's the thing where, like, based on your genetics, you can taste the aftertaste of diet cocoa. You can't. Right. So when I eat black olives, Uh, there's this mm. real sort of terrible, evil tang to them. I think I know the taste you mean, but I, I don't find it unpleasant. I think in tiny quantities with the right combos of things, I, I enjoy it. Like, but but, yeah, just the idea of preferring them wholesale to the big, fat, juicy green boys. And quickly, what what is the diet coke aftertaste? 
Um, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure if I can. T- well, you can't taste. I don't it. know if I can taste it, and I just like it, or I can't taste it, and that's why I love Diet Coke so much. I just like that it tastes of chemicals. I, I'm just so addicted to it. It's oh right. Pathetic. Well, that, yeah. So I'm yeah because I assume that's what the aftertaste was. It's a chemical afterburn of Diet Coke, which I think is un- unpleasant. I don't like Diet Coke, but but it's got. Weren't you saying that, or someone said that? They actually got they got the recipe for fat-free Coke much better with things like Coke Zero or whatever. Yes. But people like people like the fake taste of Diet Coke yes. and they had to keep it. Yeah. So Coke Zero is basically perfect sugarless Coke because it, it does pretty much taste like normal Coke. It's got very much the same sort of um, vegetable extract zing. But um, mm-hmm. everyone, including me, we would have rioted. <laughs> I don't get why you like Diet Coke though. It feels, it just feel. I, it makes me feel like a robot when I drink Diet Coke. It makes yeah. me feel like I'm drinking like you know, like something that's good for machines, but yes. not for people. Yes. <laughs> now you're talking. <laughs> Robo you juice. Like that? <laughs> Robo juice. It feels like I'm drinking circuits, especially because. The, the can is of silver and metallic. Yeah. I feel like I'm drinking a circuit board. Yeah, or like um, it's a robot's little head that you've pulled off and you're drinking its brain. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not for me. It's not for me. But people do get really addicted. People get addicted to Diet Coke in a way they don't. No one gets addicted to any other drink. Oh. Not even full fat. I mean, uh, that's me. That's me. I have to. I've, I've had to stop buying it. Mm. If it's in the house, mm. I'll drink liter after liter of it. Oof. It's not good. Oy, 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 it, oy, oy. it shouldn't be done. Mm. Mm. If I if, if I was doing that with yeah. any other liquid, you'd call the police. Even water. Yeah, it's too much water. Yeah, you you're diet coke logged. I'm di- I'm diet coke logged. You're diet coke logged. Um. Yeah. Now olives are something that I think as a kid. I thought were disgusting. It's one of those foods that you, as a kid, you're like, why do people go on about this? It's kind of like alcohol in that way. When you have alcohol and you can like, blah, and then in your adulthood, olives and booze are the best. They're the best. Yeah. Well, I think the only olives I tried when I was young were black olives. And so I was like, what is happening? Why is this on a pizza? And then <laughs> I think green olives were sort of my mm. way in where I was like, oh, well, these are actually, then they've got a little bit of red pepper in there in the middle now bit of garlic you know you can stuff them mm-hmm. pimento but you you've just described such a lovely food though black olives on pizza no. can you make green olives on pizza it would be gross come no, on i don't want that i don't want that I, I want them are you so you're no you're no no olives on pizza at all i don't like do you know what i feel like um i've had high quality green olives in my life and i've had the the kind that comes in like a tin and like a cheap takeaway and i think i've only ever had cheap black olives hmm. maybe there's a really you've never good had one the out there kalamata you've never had some nice kalamata kalamata black olives i don't know if i have kalamata. you know maybe mm. i haven't lovely meaty meaty tasty maybe that's the Umami. problem do you do you find it a bit mind bendy as i do that when you when you eat an olive you sort of think where's the oil yeah, well, sometimes they're in oil, and you're like, okay, that's, that's the oil. But that's cheating. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I don't really understand. Also, quickly, you've just reminded me of the existence of cheap black olives, which I've imagined. And yeah, those are horrible. Yeah, those the, are horrible. the little cheap, ones. cheap black olives are worse. Cheap black olives. I mean, this says a lot about my level of privilege that when you said black olives, I just went straight to Kalamata <laughs> olives. That's all I've been picturing for two days. I've been picturing Kalamata oh. olives. And I, you've just reminded me of cheap black olives. And yes, those are soapy and horrible. Yeah. Those are bad. Little. Yeah. So cheap, cheap green olives better than cheap black olives. But fancy black olives are better than fancy green Oof. olives. Oof. This is what I'll have to say. This is what I'll have to say <laughs> at the trial, Pierre. This is what I'll have to say to the police. Okay, I'm warning you now. When the police ask, I'm going to have to say, I know, I know what we said, officer. But I said that cheap black... I, I agree, cheap black olives are gross. But the fancy black olives are nicer than the fancy green olives. You're going to be... Uh, and they'll go, my God, you're, you're going right. to be behind a big perspex screen and you're going to be saying, have you ever had Kalamata <laughs> olives, Clarice? <laughs> they taste quite different <laughs> she's going to put some black olives in the little drawer and you're going to go do a big sniff and give her some advice on yes. a serial killer in exchange for some mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well let us know if you're in the green or black olive community yeah, which community are you in? Green olives and black olives community. <laughs> yeah, when, when, when does the oil come out of an olive? I'm so, you know what? I'm so perplexed by about where the hell oil comes from in an olive that I just have so much admiration for like the ancient Greeks. Yeah. And, and like even before them, what the Phoenicians were probably extracting oil from olives. Just like, how? Yeah. How with no technology? How did you know there was olive in there, uh, oil in there? And how the hell did you get it out? And also, like, whenever you see vegetable oil, you go, "What vegetable?" That's all. It's all rapeseed, pretty much. Vegetable is pretty much all rapeseed or sunflower well, that, oil. Which, that makes more sense. Uh, to me. I, I don't know about you, Pierre. Those aren't vegetables. <laughs> Those aren't vegetables. I don't know when you've had a salad and gone, "Oh, more sunflower, please." <laughs> or. Oh, this rapeseed soup is delicious in the winter. These aren't vegetables. Uh. Well, this is my problem, is that growing up, I would see the vegetable oil, and I would look at, like, broccoli and go, really? Where? <laughs> You'd pick up broccoli and lift it to eye level and go, really? Really? Oil? Oily? <laughs> I can't think of anything less oily in the world than vegetables. No, precisely. They're the thing you eat to counter the oily food you want to eat. Yeah, they're the anti-oil. Surely. How do you get oil out out of clothes? <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Not quite, Google. Out of olives. That's where we're at. Because when you eat an olive, okay. you go, hmm, juicy. But I'm not... There's no oil in my mouth. I don't... Is there? Here we go. An olive press works by applying pressure to olive paste... To separate the liquid oil and vegetation water ah. from the solid material. The oil and vegetation water are then separated by decantation. Oh. Olive presses were traditionally built within walled structures. Well, yeah. Okay. I don't see how that's pertinent. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically, you turn olives into a paste. And I guess it's just oil in the flesh. Yeah. And you squidge it. And you squidge it. And the oil comes out. But why is that? Oil. I guess all. I guess plants have fat as well, isn't it? 
Yeah. Plus just have fat. Yeah, but still. Isn't that weird to think? Everything has fat. All living things have fat, Pierre. Even like plants. Ugh. All living things. Do you think the fat plants and like thinner plants? Yeah. Do you think some plants look at the other plants and like, ugh, that... Uh, that, that that birch needs to diet or something. <laughs> Phil's out here fat shaming vegetables. <laughs> I've run out of people. <laughs> I fat shamed all the people. I moved on to vegetables. <laughs> um, very mysterious. Well, let us know, Phil. We got some VIP correspondence to to deal with. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um. Aaron gets in touch. Aaron, uh, we're going to be hearing what you got to say. Yeah. Aaron says, hi, Bill and Ben. Which I, I like. Ah, the the poopy bum man. Poopy bum man. Um, she says, I think I found some aggressive tat you will love. See if the tat whisperer can guess the punchline. Here we are. <laughs> okay. Uh- <laughs> Yes. Okay. I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not particularly fresh today, but I'll. I'll try. So my it, best. the tat is. It's. It's on. This link is. It's on Etsy. Okay. And it's a candle fill. Yep. And on the glass holder for the candle, it says, "Our friendship is like this candle." Yeah. Hmm. It's a candle holder. Yeah, like a glass tube the candle is within. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank Mm -hmm. blank, I'll blank your blank blank blank. Fucking hell. Okay. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank blank, I will blank your blank blank. Yeah. Or rather blank your triple blank. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank blank, I will blank your blank. I'll, I'll, blank. I'll help you out a bit. Our friendship is like this candle. If you blank me, okay, I'll blank your blank blank blank. It sounds very sexy, to be honest. If you, if you blank me, if you light me, I will. Oh, okay, okay. If Yes, yes, yes. Aaron uh, described it as aggressive tat, remember? Fuck, okay, okay, okay. Oh, shit. If you... If you... Oh, fuck. If if you... Okay, okay. Oh, yes, okay. Our friendship is like this candle. If you leave me, I will burn your house down. You pretty much got it. I will burn your fucking house yeah. down. Yes. Basically, basically, it's if you forget me, I'll burn your fucking house down. But I mean, you've got it. Fucking hell. Yeah. Great. Oh, okay. If you forget. Oh wow. <laughs> I quite like that. That's kind of fun. Yeah. It's um. I like that, Ted. It's kind of fun. It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's aggressive, but it's, it knows itself. It's fun. It's one of the funniest candles I've ever seen. Yeah. Of all the candles I've seen, it is among the funniest. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, good stuff. 
And Erin says uh, some very nice stuff. I, I won't read it out. She says uh, uh, she says some very nice stuff about the benefits of signing up to the Patreon, and she's glad you did it, which is very nice. Thank you, Erin. We do appreciate oh, it. Oh, excellent. On excellent. to all of you. But we appreciate yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, lots of love, Erin in Scotland. I have a Shat Myself story somewhere in your emails, but I might send it again to get priority. Yes, yes. The morass of emails. <laughs> uh. um, let's see. Is there another? Is there another? Yes, there is. Um. We have had some some issues with the uh, RSS link. I'm trying to get Patreon to fix it. We we don't do any of the tech. We're not techies. Um, so apologies if there's been any issues. But Patreon are, are the guys to get in touch with, which is certainly what I'm doing. There seems to have been some mass update that's made some people's things not work. Hmm. Um, none of which it can be solved by us. But there's nothing worse than sending someone a link to an FAQ, is there, Phil? It feels no, so impotent. It, no. But it's all one can do. Yeah. FAQ. FAQ, yeah. It's all one can do is FAQ. So, a big old boy from Andy. Andy. Um, how handy how to hear handy. from Andy. Uh, Andy says... Dear poached pears with Chan Philly cream. Wow, Ooh. lovely. Chan Philly cream. What's that? Uh, Chantilly. What's that a play on? Oh, very good. Chantilly cream. Very good. Very tasty. Approaching a year ago, I was honored to be featured in the inaugural correspondence special. Ah. It's safe to say, though, my original email was the product of a case of correspondence constipation and was severely overloaded. It would have taken far too many Louis to release it all. Far too many Louis. Of effort, I think. To release it all. Right. At the time, there was a vague reference you may one day return to it. I think this was just like a, a, like a seven-page... Maybe this was the one that Andy, was Andy sent, was it like full of references that we didn't even remember? <laughs> Right, like, yeah, yeah. Like a mechanized Bruce Forsyth attacking the Falklands. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bruce Forsyth! So he sort of stomps and shoots lasers. Uh, nice. Nice to kill you. To kill you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he says, I thought I'd save you the strain and, and instead send over a couple of choice comments from the initial email. However, I did also want to include a story I only remembered recently, but one that fits beautifully into the canon. So, uh, this one is called A Short Piss Story. Nice. While at uni, a friend of mine moonlighted as a receptionist at the local sexual health clinic. Mm. Very sitcom scenario. Yes, but good, important mm. work. On one shift, a patient attended the clinic who seemed a little nervous and unsure. My friend tried to put him at ease and dutifully advised him he'd need to provide a urine sample and have some swabs taken. He was informed the urine sample should be deposited in a little hatch on the other side of the waiting room. He clarified which hatch it was, and my friend diligently pointed it out. 
Now, I can't say for certain whether my friend did or did not make the basket of sample parts by her side clear enough. Nevertheless, a few moments later, she was interrupted with shouts of, No, 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 no! <laughs> em emanating from her colleagues in the lab, she looked up to see the man using the hatch as a glory hole urinal. No. <laughs> Depositing it. Oh, no. So so from so from in the lab, what they saw was the thing, the, the little door open up, and just, just a penis stick through it. Piss straight into this hatch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's being showered in piss through a hatch by a stranger. Horrible. Well, depends what you're into. <laughs> uh, that's so perfectly comical. That's such a great wow. comic. That's such a comical. In front of all the other waiting image. patients, she says as well. He says, sorry. Incredible. Um, trying to ensure the lab got the freshest sample possible. Yes. Um. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened after that, but I do hope his STI screen was negative so he did not have to return. Yeah, that's true. Or infect everyone in the lab with his stream. Yeah, chemical weapon. Yeah. So this is called... Chlamydia gun. Yeah. This is called medical titbit. What is? This next chunk. He's given subheadings. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Oh, lovely. Oh, very So lovely. that was a short history, and this is a medical titbit. It seems you gentlemen at Budpod HQ appreciate bonus science. Oh, yes, please. As well as callbacks to conversations that you potentially don't remember. Yes. Mm -hmm. As such, I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone and provide a medical tidbit that stems from a previous correspondent. Love it. Love it. Way back in episode 90. Way back. Yeah. Way back. There was a story of an orangutan drinking windscreen washer fluid. Mmm, this rings a bell. Usually included among the ingredients of this are methanol and ethylene glycol, which lower the freezing point. Uh-huh, yeah, 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 yeah. An arguably interesting fact, depending on what you find interesting, is that one of the antidotes to these toxins is everyone's favorite pleasure. Alcohol. Ah, <laughs> yes, yes, of course. As such, there are many tales of patients in remote hospitals being asked to drink vodka or having it injected IV because it was quicker <gasps> than waiting for medical-grade antidotes to arrive. So, right, so if someone swallowed antifreeze, the antidote is alcohol. Yeah. Right. This also... Oh, straight to the veins. Yeah, ooh. Oish. This also creates the questionable situation of occasionally needing to prescribe alcohol to a child, as the luminous blue color of such fluid <gasps> can provide a keen attraction to a toddler in the back of a car. Oh, no. Poor kids. Yeah. But party kids. <laughs> party kids. It did make me wonder, though, whether the rangers made the orangutan a stiff drink to help them recover. Oh, yeah, interesting. He says, uh, seeing, yeah, seeing one sup an old-fashioned would be a sight to behold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with a big, a big sort of rounded ice cube, just ding -ling, ding -ling -ling. Yes, an orangutan, orangutan like, sort of swirling it about. You know when they kind of, they kind of knuckle run? Yeah. But like with, yeah. completely without spilling a martini in one hand. <laughs> with a pinky out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swinging down from the trees. 
holding like not not spilling a drop <laughs> <laughs> so like us <laughs> lovely tidbit lovely tidbit and then this next chunk is entitled final thought mm. over the years there have been a few discussions that have generated recurrent themes from the infamous coolest uncool the more fleeting weirdest normal thing and to the modern day body conspiracies ah yes mm. However, weirdest normal thing. Yeah. Arising from episode 60 was one discussion that I thought had the potential to be longer lived but seemingly didn't catch on. Oh, I mm. remember this. This was in relation to occupational phrases to flush the loo to. Occupational phrases to flush the loo yes. to. Originating from a story where a teacher said uh, originating from a teacher saying you're expelled when flushing. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're okay. expelled. Whoosh. Um, a few came to me at the mm. time, so perhaps it's worth rekindling. Some Kickstarters. Uh, football commentator. They think it's all over. <laughs> and it is now when you flash yeah. it. That's good. Um, That's good. He's written here, instead of cowboy, <laughs> and he's written Wild West Bandit, which is really funny to me. <laughs> That's a Halloween yeah. costume. Wild West Bandit. <laughs> um, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. That's good. That's good. That's good. Uh, and he said, uh, this is nice. It's got a little twist in the tail. Sewage worker, until next time. <laughs> That's good. I gotta I gotta give a round of applause to that one. That one's really yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> That's excellent. That is good. I like That's that. That's really funny. I think we did one with comedians. Like where, or like maybe it would be funny if you were a comedian to do it with like uh Yeah. Right, like, like um, you've been brilliant. Thank you. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Um, yeah, or like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, your headline act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He says, uh, "That's all for now. See you at Bud Pod Live." Kind Jacking's Dandy Andy. Yes, uh, it was Dandy Andy. Oh, excellent! How exciting! Yes, we'll see you at Bud Pod, the sold out Bud Pod Live. Yes. Um, although we we will be putting up uh, another another. Um. Right, well, that's all the time we have. Thank you so much for the excellent correspondence. Thank you, guys. And for being Patreons. And remember, Soho Theatre um, dates are selling out. There are extra dates available. And um, and do uh, get tickets for my tour, please. Especially if you're in Glasgow, because I'm in a big theatre there in April in Glasgow, Scotland. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, we'll see you next time. Enjoy the Christmassy vibes enjoy bye bye